Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your Scarlet Witch, aka Ian Carlos Crawford, and co-hosting with me today is my vision. Kirsten White. We are joined today by Agatha's Brooch. Alistair Patton. Vision's Deed to the House. Harley Lane. And also Vision's Deep Well of Depression. Angelica Jade Bastian. <laughs> Good intros, everyone. <laughs> Ugh. Um, so we're here to talk episode. I keep forgetting what episode. No, it's episode eight. Yes, episode eight of Wandavision. Uh, now, Kirsten, you have now hosted. You've co-hosted with me for two episodes of Wandavision. Both of them were like the flashbacky type episodes. Yes, and I actually took notes this time, though. So. Oh, good. <laughs> many, many, many notes. This morning when I woke up, I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I clarified to Kirsten or reminded her that she was co-hosting. <laughs> <laughs> I did my homework this time. I'm so proud of you. Um, So we are very close to the end. Only one more episode left. Um, I actually, I think I texted you, Kirsten, because I thought this was going to be like a full Agatha flashback episode. Mm -hmm. We got a little flashback in the beginning, but honestly, I felt like that was kind of all we needed to know. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it, it pulled a lot of weight for as short as the Agatha flashback was. I mean, you learned that she was a witch. You learned that Catherine Hahn still looks banging 400 years later, which <laughs> I totally buy. Um, <laughs> and you learned that, like, I feel like they did so much with that, though, because it doesn't look like she was doing it on purpose, right? When we got that moment where all the witches are right. shooting now blue light as opposed to purple light or red light or white light. Um, <laughs> shooting blue light at her. And the moment when she turns up purple and she starts draining them, she looks surprised. She does so much with so little that I really got the sense, like, I don't think she did that on purpose. I think it was honestly self-defense. Um, I don't know. How did you guys read that scene? I feel like she's after knowledge. Like she's somebody mm -hmm. who values knowledge above above all else. And so mm -hmm. like morals kind of take a, a back pace towards the knowledge that she wants. Mm -hmm. And she was seeking knowledge with the coven. She was like, I came to you guys for help. You know, and this is how you guys are treating me. So I, mm -hmm. I, I think there was a lot of layers to that one scene. And I, I think that she played it greatly. Yeah. There's definitely a way to make it very one dimensional. I think the fact that you can't, you don't necessarily get a clear read on her intentions in that moment mm -hmm. is just a testament to how amazing Catherine Hahn is, honestly. Um, because it does feel like at times that she almost, she wants to consume it a little bit. You know, you see the way that her expression changes a couple times. I mean, first she's up there pleading, like, let me go. Right. I, don't, I didn't know what I was doing. And then you see that turn. Yeah. Where she yeah. kind of she kind of smirks a little when they're like, "All right, stop lying. Come on, we know we know what you're, <laughs> we know what you're really up to." And and you kind of see the truth of it in her face, where maybe she started a, a path of good intentions and wanting to know more, but she's kind of become consumed with this need for power, for magic, for knowledge. You know, like mm -hmm. Alistair said, and it's and it's kind of overridden everything else in her, you know, in her mind. I think. It's such a gorgeous scene too. It's such a gorgeous scene with the backdrop and the waterfall and all the colors out at night. I don't know. It was so gorgeous. Yeah, I I kept thinking, because of course I go back to this, but like I kept thinking of um the way we could have gotten like we don't have a lot of high budget witch shows, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think of like Charmed or even Buffy or whatever, and like, wow, how cool they could have looked with like a 
freaking Disney budget that's like a bajillion <laughs> dollars. Because, uh-huh. yeah, Catherine Hahn in this scene, the thing I really liked about her, and this is, I feel like, what we've gotten from her character so far, is she's not like 100% evil, right? Like, mm-hmm. she wasn't going to kill those witches. They kind mm-hmm. of like, they were going to kill her, so she killed them. Yeah. And like she said, I just wanted to know more. Like, I, she didn't really do any, like... I don't know, like from what we got from that scene, she didn't really do anything that was like punishable by death. It was like she searched for more knowledge and was like wanting more power. And clearly she's power hungry. But I don't think I still feel like Agatha can exist as and this is what I want her to exist as a mystique type villain. Where like sometimes she'll help, sometimes she won't, depending on her mood. But like she knows her shit. Yeah. And that's a type of like anti-hero slash kind of villain that I really like. And I feel like a lot of us, that's like the kind of character we enjoy and that we've been missing from Marvel. Like Loki has kind of been the only other villain that's been like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a moment later that we'll get to um, that really reinforces she's not entirely evil. She just wants to know. Like she just wants yeah. to understand how is this power possible how does this random homeschooled witch have it? Um, <laughs> homeschooled witch. <laughs> yeah. um, but so we get, and I do like that they only de-aged her like a little. They just like yeah. did a little de-aging just to like show that time has passed, but like not, they didn't go wild with it. And I thought it looked good. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice until people pointed out on Twitter that she was de-aged. And I was like, what, is she really de-aged? <laughs> I think it's like it, like there's a difference between like uh, Robert De Niro being de-aged and then Catherine Hahn de- being de-aged. And it looks much mm-hmm. better with that little subtility. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. That's why it works because it's, yeah, it's not like a wild difference. I mean, the one brutal thing that does happen here is they're about to kill her and she kills her mom and kind of mm-hmm. doesn't really blink, which I also liked. I like that as a character. Like. She's like, I'm going to get this power, even if I have to kill my mom, I don't really care. Like, she wasn't remotely upset about it. And she just, like, steals the brooch and is like, all right, I'm out of here. But she also waited for her mom to attack first. That's true, yes. She did. Yeah. She really did. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I I mean, probably I'm hugely biased because of my massive crush on Catherine Hahn. But I'm like, no, no, look, look, see that tiny moment? She's okay. (laughs) <laughs> she's still good she's still fine it's still fine for me to be attracted to her it's fine <laughs> so was that her mom yeah yes. she called her mother yeah. oh, okay i wasn't sure if it was like her mother or if that was like the title of like the the leader of the coven hmm. i feel like it's her mom yeah yeah i do feel okay. like it was so we return to present day. Agatha is talking to Senor Scratchy. One of my favorite little moments, honestly, is her yeah. just picking up the rabbit, putting it by her ear, and then having a complete one-sided conversation about Wanda. <laughs> while while Wanda, you know, Elizabeth Olsen's there have, having to pretend that she's being held up by you know, magical chains or whatever. Right. It's, it's one of the one of the best little moments of acting, I think, in this episode. Yes. I I often wonder in scenes like that, like how much because like Catherine Hahn, Kirsten and I were texting about this as well. Like it, this feels like a natural progression of Catherine Hahn's characters, <laughs> from like her Parks and Rec character to her Bad Moms character to this. Like, yeah. so I wonder how much she ad libbed, or if Disney's like no ad libbing. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I could see her just like doing that as like a one off gag. I 
love that she once again brings up Wanda's accent. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah. that accent really comes and goes, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, somebody <laughs> needs to mock the accent. I'm glad it's Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly wonder if, and I've talked to a couple people about this, if the Disney Plus shows, and we might even see an extent of this with Falcon and Winter Soldier, if this is going to be the MCU's way of kind of poking fun at itself in the movies, like yeah. just in what we've seen so far with you know, the, the WandaVision literally making fun of the fact that Wanda's accent has been kind of all over the place in yeah. a way that doesn't, in a way that's just kind of, you know, a little bit of a nod, I think more to fans than anything, but mm-hmm. I feel like the shows have definitely indicated that they're willing to be a little bit more meta and silly and, you know, kind of, kind of, like take the piss at, <laughs> at, the, at the at the movies in a, in a fun way. I I will say, um, and Alistair, I don't know if you'll agree with me here. In one of our previous episodes, our guest Aaron Reese said that Wanda. He said that Wanda has a lot of qualities. Like he feels like her accent coming in and out is kind of like like a almost like a, a like a, a woman of color who's like a mother. He related it to like families, and I was like thinking of my family and how like when my mom gets really pissed at me, that's when Spanish comes out. Mm-hmm. And like it will go in and out depending on her mood. And Alistair, I don't know if you could see that too, right? Like how sometimes the accent just is suddenly there when they're yelling at you, but sometimes it's not. Uh, no, I definitely understand uh, because when I talk to my family from Mexico, I talk very differently than when I talk to uh, my American side of the family. So it, it, you definitely have this kind of change in how you speak when you speak to different people. And especially Wanda being in a place where she speaks to uh, more American people all the time. And then you also have Wanda within the sitcoms, who's very Americanized. And then mm-hmm. Wanda outside of the sitcoms, who's still from uh, Sokovia. So yeah. you have that kind of duality of who she is and who she wants to be or who she is and who her comfort person is. Yeah. In, in quarantine, my mother and I have come to yelling at each other in Spanish a few times. Um, and some that's only when we're like getting real pissed. And my dad's just like, what is going on? Because um, I don't actually do that that often. So I, I, I feel like I related to that. But also, her accent isn't great. That's like maybe the only one thing I will say Elizabeth Olsen <laughs> doesn't, isn't 100% on. We love her. We stand. She's great in the show. Um, I think they just know like the accent just sounds, I don't, I don't know that there would be a way that she could do it better. It just sounds a little, the way they decided it should sound, sounds like cartoony Russian, not like actual whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. She needs to spend, she needs to spend a summer in Moldova and then <laughs> <laughs> go from there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Agatha pulls like a piece of her hair. Agatha's basically just like, she can't believe that Wanda. So at this point we know that Agatha like we know this just from this beginning, but we learn it more. Agatha really only came once the hex was put up. Agatha didn't. Agatha had nothing to do with the creation <laughs> of or what's going on. She just was like there to create chaos and find out why Wanda has these powers. And it makes more sense with the questions that Pietro asked, right? When he was yeah. like, "How'd you do it?" Oh, blah blah blah. Like morally, I understand you didn't have the kids. I don't know. I I I liked the idea that like Agatha just came to create chaos and learn, not. She isn't like completely behind it all. She just messed up stuff within this world Wanda created. So mm-hmm. it, was a- it was Agatha part of the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not quite all along. Uh, so she pulls a piece of her hair out. We she's in a ghost of Christmas past Wanda. We're gonna walk through literal doors and be into different 
pieces of her trauma. Well, not just her trauma, but also her romance. And she, the first door they go through is Wanda's home. And we know that doesn't end well. The moment they open that door, I was like, oh, God, this is going <laughs> to end badly. I thought this scene was like really well done. And I love Agatha saying, charming, love the Cold War aesthetic. Because again, Carly, I think that's them poking fun at the fact that realistically, this is supposed to be in like 2005, but they're right. like very much. I mean, somebody somebody did point out the uh, a little bit of a time discrepancy in the fact that uh, Malcolm in the Middle didn't come out until what early two thousand something. So why would there be yeah. a DVD for that show in the suitcase? <laughs> Based on when Wanda was apparently born, but it's fine. We'll roll with it. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I did the math in my head and I was like, wait a minute, how old is she supposed to be? Yeah, <laughs> it's a little, they're kind of fudging it a little with the Malcolm in the middle part, but. <laughs> Cause we're sure fine. Right now. I think she's like what? Tw- 28 because she's like supposed to be like 33, but then you had the five years because of the mm. snap or mm-hmm. something. So I think she's like 28. Hmm. Mm. I well, because I had to look up how old Elizabeth Olsen is. She's closer to my age than she's like 33, 34. So I guess that would track. Like, if they're usually they make them play younger than they actually are, and whatever. I looked up the episode she picks, the Dick Van Dyke episode she picks is an episode. Well, I didn't look it up. I read Brett White's recaps, they're very good. I always recommend them. And that episode that she picks is apparently an episode of Dick Van Dyke where like everything was a dream and he keeps having like mm. everything keeps getting weirder and weirder. And then he wakes up and it's all a dream. I don't remember that episode at all. I did used to watch it on Nick at Night, but I don't remember much like specific episodes. What did you all think of this scene? Angelica, what'd you think? <laughs> oh, wow. Putting me on the spot. <laughs> huh? I see how it is. Yeah, I've been purposely quiet. Um <laughs> Which is probably noticeable because I think I am far, far more mixed on this show than you guys are. Mm. Um, So, like, for me with this scene, like, watching it, you know, and seeing baby Wanda, well, not actually a baby, but smaller (laughs) Wanda, you know, watching TV and with her parents. And then, obviously, you know, the building getting bombed and... Maybe she did some probability hex or something to save her and her brother. We like, that's kind of murky. Um, But, you know, one thing that was popping up into my head was how uncomfortable I am with how pop culture handles trauma at the moment. And which is to say, I don't think it so much handles it or has a perspective on it as so much as it's injecting it into the story. But I don't, I'm not sure, and I'm including WandaVision in this, even though I think there's some very effective moments, mostly, thank, I think, thanks to, you know, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and Katherine Hahn being just genuinely great performers. Um, but I, I have some issues with the show itself, and I'm not sure it's saying anything interesting about trauma in my perspective that you know beyond what the actors are doing if that makes sense hmm. Hmm. all right that's i mean that's fair i i will say and carly kirsten alistair don't murder me this episode was my least favorite episode of the series so far 
I do have an issue with fill in the blank episodes. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Did any of you? I can't. Re- I probably have asked all of you this before. Did any of you watch Lost? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I kept thinking of the smoke monster episode. That was like, why are we doing this? I don't care. <laughs> and it filled in the blanks, but not blanks that were important. Like mm-hmm. the like, I kept thinking of that episode. And for me, the fill in the blank that I wanted to know there was, how did these people get on that island? Not oh look, Allison Janney's his mom, and there's already a bunch of people on this island, and these two kids become, you know, the smoke mon the the white and black smoke monsters or whatever. God, I can't even, I barely remember. But like, for me, it was like, but we're not filling in any blanks that are important. Like, this is stuff we already gathered. Um, And I felt that a little bit with this episode. Aside from like, there are one or two that I'm like, no, I love this. Um, And that were important, like her going to get vision, what, and knowing that Hayward did doctor uh, the video that he showed. That's important. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I felt a little bit like, I'm not sure why we're doing this like what because I, I mean we already know what happened with the at home i didn't need to like explicitly see it um mm-hmm. and one assumed that like these were shows wanda was watching so i don't know i some of it didn't 100 percent land for me i still felt emotional but like that's my default <laughs> <laughs> so, so ian i i think we talked about this briefly but for for me this felt a lot like a a season five of Buffy, the second to last episode, weight on your shoulders, where she gets stuck in her mind, and then Willow has to walk her through. Um, I guess like the the, the points that are going to bring her to where she right. is in the last episode. So mm-hmm. this felt a lot like that for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think this was recognizable in terms of how like a a series kind of treats trauma, but at the same time, I know as a young boy. Like I, I kind of identified with like living in Mexico, identif- identified with Wanda at that point. You know, I would dig into these shows like Buffy, Angel, Lost and stuff. And I'd, I'd, I'd buy those, consume those. And while everything else outside was completely terrible, you know, I still had my shows. And mm-hmm. I, I, I really kind of recognize that it resonated with me as a viewer. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that really does. Like, <clears throat> I think... My really, my mean comparison is going to be, did any of you see Solo, the like Han Solo prequel Star Wars movie? Yes. (laughs) So like, I thought that movie was very bad and very boring. And it was like, we're already, we know all these things. Why are we watching them? He's not going to die. So that's kind of a little bit how I felt here, but this was better. But again, I'm just a hard sell on like, because even in Weight of the World, that Buffy episode you mentioned, Alistair, we still get like Xander and Spike going out to like, they go to like that Joel Gray. I don't even remember what his character's name was, Doc. And they, like, try to get whatever box that he, like, is hiding from them because it's going to help. And, like, there's still, like, other, like, I wish, I think I would have liked this more if we got Monica, Darcy, and Wu, like, had, like, touch base with what they were doing while Wanda was doing, like, her This Is Your Life bit. Can I say something spicy? Oh, yes. A little spicy, you know, I... I was so afraid to come on here because I was like, God, I'm going to sound like the fucking asshole. I'm going to sound like, you know, everyone's going to be like, this bitch is film Twitter in a nutshell. Like, you know, she, you know, jerks off to fucking Martin Scorsese movies and can't like anything Marvel. The only thing I will say about like 
on I totally get where you're going, Ian, with like needing to check in with other people since I I, I get your criticism with that. <laughs> but those three characters that you just mentioned, I was like, I'm so fucking glad I don't have to see most of them because they've been getting on my last fucking nerve. <laughs> I I you know, Kat Dennings I like as an actor, but like her dialogue is so grating and she's such like her character is so used to push plot along. And like they make her spunky and cute in order to kind of, you know, give you something so it doesn't just feel like pure exposition, but it it makes me want to claw my eyes out. <laughs> and it's it's funny because like, you know, Joss Whedon is obviously no longer a part of Marvel in any sort of way, but her dialogue feels very Whedon-esque in a way. So it's always very funny to see her on the show. And I'm just like I don't I don't know what people see in these scenes because I think this is absolute shit. (laughs) (laughs) I think think it's the Marvel effect, though, right? Because you've invested so much time in these characters and these stories that it feels like I don't know. It feels like running into an old friend. Like you can get away with things in book three of a trilogy that you couldn't do in book one because you haven't put in the time and gotten people to invest emotionally. And so like. Whenever I write a book three in a trilogy, I'm like, screw it. I can do whatever I want because if somebody gets to book three, it means they loved book one and book two. So they're going to go along with me for anything in book three. And that's kind of how I feel about Marvel. At this point, they're like, if people have invested long enough, like, yeah, we can we can throw in Jimmy Woo, who there's no reason for him to be there. That whole connection of like, oh, there was a there was a witness protection program person in this town <laughs> never come back around that's gone nowhere yeah <laughs> i'm actually mad about that because it's so 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 lazy to have it just be 100 a coincidence that this person that we know from other movies happened to be there on like the flimsiest of reasons <laughs> but at the same time i really love jimmy woo so i'm okay <laughs> with it it's but harder, actually, yeah. everything you said is totally valid angelica so i think it really just depends on like yeah. Do you, yeah. you already feel affection for these characters? Great. You're going to be happy to see them. Do you not already feel affection for these characters? Guess what? They're kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just the problem. I'm, you know, because it's not like I haven't seen all these, you know, by virtue of my job. Yes, I've <laughs> seen all these, pretty much all of them. I, I don't think I saw, I didn't see Gardens of the Galaxy 2. And I know I didn't see Ant-Man or Ant-Man 2, because I was like, why would I put myself through this? Um, (laughs) And so it's like, it's weird because like, you know, I should just say like, I want to feel the joy. I want to be wrapped up in the story. I'm not like purposely trying to be an asshole. Mm -hmm. It's more like these, these sort of Marvel has just never really captured my imagination and what it's been doing, Mm -hmm. you know, the last 10 or so years or however long I don't know time is a flat circle we're all in hell whatever (laughs) Um, so it's just sort of interesting like watching you know how they're sort of building on brand recognition in this show and Mm -hmm. like it's just you know it's interesting because like you know WandaVision does deal with some things I really like and you know for all the issues with this episode that I have you know you put some witches doing some witch shit in a witch way. And you know what? I'm kind of, I'm kind of on board, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Turn that bug in, in, into a bird. And then like, 
you know, have it be eaten. So yeah, like, let's do that. Let's be weird. Um, so I, just, I don't want people to think that I'm like being an asshole for the sake of it. I do want to be wrapped up in the story. It just mm-hmm. hasn't happened with these movies and shows yet. No, that's fair. Well, that's, that's how I feel about Taylor Swift. Like, I really <laughs> love Taylor Swift because she keeps releasing all these albums and they're so genuinely happy about it. And I'm like, I'm so happy for them. I don't feel that. <laughs> but I'm happy when they do, you know. Yeah, like, that, that makes perfect sense, and I don't think you're being unreasonable. Yeah, same, same. Honestly, I feel like I get like I like while I do have the attachment, I completely understand that if you don't, then like I could see how like a lot of this would fall flat. Because, well, and Angelica, also don't sell yourself short. I know you're also like a big fucking nerd like me, too. So, like, yeah. you know, I know that you were excited to come on to talk like X Men the animated series and like. Someone who's not remotely nerdy wouldn't be excited to talk about that. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And I will say, like, Scarlet Witch is a character I have some interest in because of, like, her mental health (laughs) issues (laughs) in the comics. I think it's interesting. And then I I actually recently started reading uh, James Robinson's uh, Scarlet Witch, uh, the first volume of it. Um, Okay. So, like, you know, these characters can can definitely interest me. Like, you know, I've been reading comics since I was uh, 10 years old. Dear God, what have I been doing <laughs> with my life? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, Agatha has some pretty good... I. I also will say, I wish we got more of Agatha interjecting, because I really like her shitty interjections. Like, after the explosion happens, like, Agatha kind of... She already, she's like, oh, you're a, you put a probability hex on this. And Wanda didn't even know she did that. Mm-hmm. And I like that she's like, so much trauma. And then she's like, all the, what I see here is a baby witch obsessed with sitcoms and years of therapy ahead of her. Like Agatha is just like, we're not getting to the point. Get me to the point. Um, and that's the kind of shit I love. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I know the Thor movies are very polarizing, but I often think of how hard I laughed in Thor Dark World, which I know is not a great movie. But when uh, Jane Foster like passes out and you think she's dying and Loki just says, oh no, she passed out and is like totally <laughs> unbothered. I I love that kind of stuff from a villain. That's like a fun villain who can make shitty comments to show that they really don't care about the emotional thing going on. And then I'm like, I know that tweet keeps going around where it's like, a woman on film does something psychotic, gay man, work queen. Like that's me with Agatha with everything she does. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I'm crying, but yes, make fun of us for crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's, she's identified the probability hex. And then we move yes. on into the cinder block walls of evil. Um, I got, I got to love set designers. They're like, Hmm, tech place in the past. Let's put a bunch of blinking lights on the wall. Done. <laughs> All right, we've got we've got the evil the evil lab where they're going to experiment on uh, Wanda voluntarily. Yes. So, what do we think of this scene? Also, <sighs> um, Kate, uh, person with bad memory alert. Which stone was that? The and mind does it stone. Matter? Which it's one? The, the, mind the mind stone. stone. Oh, okay, yes. it's the same one that Vision it ends yeah. up uh, having oh. part of, which I've always kind of liked. Um, yeah. Because I feel like, I mean, I don't want to get too, like, <laughs> too too up on my soapbox about it. But I do think that there's something really fascinating in how the same stone that, I guess at this point we can, we can 
infer that it augmented Wanda's powers that already yeah. existed um, is the same stone that, you know, gives Vision his kind of ability to do anything, to exist, mm-hmm. um, and and how that's part of their connection. I don't, I, I do think part of it is, you know, they connected on a separate level, but it's interesting to me how, and we'll, and I'm sure we'll probably get into this in a, a little bit later, but um he almost does seem a little bit drawn to her. Uh, and I yeah. wonder if part of that is because they have the stone in, you know, her stone powers or her connection to the stone kind of overlaps with his, you know, yeah. his, his holding of it. And, and that's, and that's part of why they connect in the way that they do. I'm sure that no one thought that deeply about it, you know, it, when writing age of Ultron, but I like to think that <laughs> there's probably something to it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that explains so much that happens later on too, that, mm-hmm. that it's that stone's power that's augmenting her power that, the, okay, okay, well, this is awesome. I actually really like that. That makes <laughs> brain so happy. Um, yeah. Okay. And okay. So I have a note about her face in this scene. Um, I feel like Elizabeth Olsen's face is such like a blank slate because it has so much, um, just like empty space. Does that make sense? I can't tell if that's a, a judgment not, or. No, no, no. Yeah. She's, I, she's I feel like that's a good beautiful. thing for an actor. I feel no, like that's yeah, a good thing yeah, for an exactly. actor. Like she's she's obviously beautiful, but she she her face has so much empty space. Right? It's it's a very stark sort of face. It's it's beautiful, but it's very stark. And I think it makes it really open. And what she does with it is so good. Like I, just those micro expressions that she does. Like I think she's a phenomenal actress, and I think she's doing such good work in this series and in this scene especially. Like like you understand why she's willing to do this. I totally thought Kirsten that you were going to say her face looked so much like the Olsen twins in this scene because that's what I kept. <laughs> Thinking. I thought so too. <laughs> and like, this is a little bit of shade, but I was like, oh, yikes. They have to like make her look awful. And then that's when she looks like the twins. The most. <laughs> <laughs> no shade, but I do. I, I, I listen, I ran into an Olsen twin once in the city. Look great. They look great. But I, in this scene, she just looked more like her sisters than she had previously. Hmm. And I liked that. Well, okay. So I don't know how I feel about. The, so we get the, like, she sees our comic book Scarlet Witch, right? I kind of thought, oh, she's like, whatever her powers are doing are giving her a premonition of her future. Mm-hmm. But because of the beat we end on, I'm assuming that it wasn't that. It was more like, this is the Scarlet Witch coming to her. I don't know. How did you guys, how did y'all read that scene? It did seem like a, a, future, a future premonition. That's how I saw it anyway, especially because... In the in the teases that we've gotten of the Scarlet Witch costume in show images and posters and things, where they've definitely like I don't know if you you guys have seen the one on the homepage, the Disney Plus homepage, where it's like the TVs over both of them, and you uh, can yeah. see that I'm I mean my guess is that's what her her quote unquote costume is going to be, presumably by the end of the show, maybe, but like it right? definitely yeah. seems like they're gearing up towards giving her an official Scarlet Witch outfit so to me it almost did seem like this she was glimpsing into her own future so i I find it really interesting because uh elizabeth olsen did an interview when they're going around and doing uh the press for age of ultron where she talked about how uh one of her things that she she talked about you know taking the role of uh wanda was that she never wanted to wear the uh the the official costume with the the headdress 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because we already see her in it this season. And I feel like maybe because we, we see uh, the head of the coven with the kind of power headdress, like a power mm, crown. Yeah. I wonder if that's what they're going to do. It's kind of like a, a compromise. Yeah. It's just like the power is shining in a very specific shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't know how it'll look. I wonder because we got the, like the mother character when she was shooting her powers at Agatha, she had like a, that crown. And I, I don't, I kind of don't want it to look like that. Cause I think that'll be like silly. I don't know. Well, maybe it'll be more defined. And also like she creates things so she could create the crown. And when she's like done using her powers, it just dissolve her or whatever. True. True. I, I was about to ask, did any of you watch runaways, but no one watched runaways. I did <laughs> briefly. <laughs> and it's kind of like uh, the character Nico, her staff was mm-hmm. like appeared when she needed it. I guess like that could work for me. But so then we we get like the she's watching what is it the Brady but she's watching the Brady bunch in her cell after she's passed out, and we're like a close up on her and what is I think one of the Brady kids he says like he's talking about the doll but they're close up on Wanda and it's like she's full of rags and something else and I'm like oh this is how all of us feel like. <laughs> well, then there's the part too, Ian, where somehow she somehow the footage of what happens with the stone gets yes. erased from the Hydra cameras so it's interesting that they kind of imply that maybe she's had the power to manipulate i don't know like tv (laughs) whatever it's called tv frequencies or whatever you know video frequency like somehow that whole encounter i mean maybe it happens only in her mind um it doesn't actually happen the way that you know initially that it gets it gets depicted like maybe it's it's all just a mental thing that happens to her just the fact that she goes from standing up to being completely prone in the next shot of the footage and they can't figure out what happened. Right. She has editing powers. Yeah. yeah. Very good editing powers. <laughs> she, she gets better when she gets her own show. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's when um, Agatha says to Wanda as they're like doing the thing, she's like, I have a theory, but I need more info. And then they walk through another door, which is leads us to one of my favorite scenes this this is my this is the fill in the blank that I like because for me this is I could have had more of these scenes because we realistically I think I read that Scarlet Witch and Vision together in the MCU prior to this only had like ten full minutes 10 of screen minutes. time yep. yeah mm-hmm. which is bananas but also like tracks because they've only been in very crowded movies and while those very crowded movies I think do a good job it's just they're not just they're just not going to get a lot of screen time. This uh, this is the scene where I kept thinking of you, Carly. So I was like, oh, this is like tender and romantic and like right up Carly's alley. Uh, talk about this scene and what you thought, Carly. Uh, this was the first time I cried a little. Uh, I wouldn't Same. say a full cry. I definitely teared up a little. Um, but to your point, Ian, and I think also to Angelica's point earlier, I think one of the things that the MCU has had a real problem with is romance. Um, they... I think aside from characters like Tony Stark or Captain America or Thor, who all got introduced via their own movies um, and therefore had their kind of love interests front and center from the beginning, you introduce characters like Wanda and Vision in more of these ensemble movies. And and eventually their their plots just are not I mean, they're secondary characters. So their so their storylines are given secondary consideration over 
everything else, you know, the big, the big action set pieces and the main story, they're just, they're always going to be kind of playing second fiddle and, and shoehorned in there at times. I mean, it's, it's just funny to go back and watch people have made like WandaVision supercuts of their relationship on YouTube. And like you said, Ian, they're literally 10 minutes of all the scenes from the, from age of Ultron through to, you know, infinity war. Um, so, and I, and I wrote this in a piece too, but it just always, it honestly felt like whiplash to me in the movies because they went from being on opposite sides of a conflict in civil war and Wanda using her powers on vision to then cut to infinity war and they're, and they're secluded somewhere and making out, you know, it's like, what is going on? This is so, it's just all over the place. So like, to your point, Ian, a scene like this is it, it was good but it also made me a little mad because i was like this is what we could have been getting like stuff like this you know quiet little moments that that don't have to be that long but are meaningful in so many levels because not only are you having uh wanda kind of uh, talking about her grief from losing her brother to the point where you realize that she has been dealing with grief all her life and not fully processed it i think she's just been kind of shoving it down and and you know moving forward um, you know, first her parents, now her brother. Um, and it was just really nice to see the two of them bonding in a, a quiet moment where I saw a really good tweet thread on this from, um, I think it was Nicole Perkins saying that they, it, the, the thing that this scene does really well is showing somebody who's grieving, who in, in many ways has to kind of comfort the other person because they react in such a way that is a little bit um, like they kind of lash out before they realize that they've been a little mean because they don't really know how to deal with their emotions, you know? Yeah. Um, it becomes a lot about comforting the other person. But I think Vision is, I think Vision is almost such a good character in this scene with her because he, he's almost kind of somebody that she can just project her feelings onto and then he'll just sit there and listen to her, which really worked. But it, yeah. ultimately what it all boils down to is I think this really gave their relationship, the depth that the movies didn't. Um, and it's unfortunate that it took this long, <laughs> but um, it, it, it makes it, uh, I think to me, it made it more understandable why she would have fall started to fall in love with him. So. Yeah. Well, and there's such good back and forth in this scene too. I mean, first of all, vision is adorable. I'm not usually yeah. a, short, a shoulder scowl, but like he can change that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but so, so they have that exchange where, where she lashes out and then she apologizes and he validates her grief. But then when he laughs at that scene and then he looks at her for confirmation, like, did I respond correctly to that? <laughs> and she validates that. She's like, yeah, you got it. That was really funny. And he's so excited by that. Like, he's like, yeah. yes, it was very funny, wasn't it? Like, they're, there's, they're both providing that emotional validation for the other one, him validating her grief and her validating his attempts to um, – have humanity and to understand humanity in this case, humor. Um, it's just, yeah, it's such a, it's such a great scene. It's such a great scene. And I like that we see vision as a newborn again, um, with him mm-hmm. walking through walls instead of knocking on doors because he later learns to knock on doors and then, mm-hmm. um, him sitting down and, and watching this thing. Cause like she just went through this tragic thing with her brother dying. It, like for her in real life, her brother died. Right. And then he's like, Oh my gosh, isn't that tragic that, you know, the, uh, the awning fell down 
on Malcolm in the Middle. And she's like, no, that's not this, that kind of show. And it kind of speaks to why she finds so much comfort in these shows because like bad things can happen, but they're not permanent. Uh, whereas okay. Pietro dying was permanent and he started to connect with her on that level. I like it. Yeah. Also important in the scene very important to my personal um, investment in Agatha as a crush. Um, she tears up. She does. Right? She's yeah. emotionally affected by this. And she's not performing because Wanda can't see her. She's standing behind Wanda. So, like, she does have feelings. Mm-hmm. She just- okay, wait. See, Alistair and I – so Alistair and I didn't plan correctly, and I was on his uh, episode for this, and now he's mm-hmm. on my episode for this. <laughs> but we talked about this, and I – I thought it was her like doing like, oh, God, I'm so bored is how no, I took it. I thought it was legit because then she says something snarky after to like recover emotionally. Hmm. Okay. I, Maybe I don't a little know. bit I of both. I don't know. a legit emotional moment for her, but then she shoves it down and says, says something snarky. Hmm. Right. It's interesting that she does do it behind Wanda's back. I think yeah. it would if she was really trying to be snarky with it, she would have she would have been doing it in front of Wanda or at least yeah. in her periphery. The fact that she kind of she kind of does the thing of just just touching the corner of her eye a little bit, you're like, oh yeah, she's you know. But again, right. you know, I, I'm fascinated by the whole like Agatha's whole point in being here is literally just girl, how'd you do this? <laughs> like it doesn't she doesn't really have any kind of diabolical intentions that I know of aside from figuring out Wanda's power and so I think part of this is to satisfy her own curiosity but then she's getting answers she's like wow this girl's been dealing with a lot more right. for a long time you know and 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 I think that's we learned that too I mean I we there these are obviously a lot of things that the movies have told us you know they've told us about her parents dying in the, in the explosion and her and Peter being trapped, <laughs> trapped in, a, in an apartment with a bomb for two days. You know, they've, we've, we've learned about the experiments we've learned about, you know, we've seen Petro dying, but we've never seen Wanda cope or at least mm-hmm. how she hasn't coped obviously, because this is all, all of this I think is ultimately what leads to her kind of reaching her boiling point and it literally exploding out of her. Um, but I don't know. I just think the I think the grief journey here is really what is hit home for me in the sense of this is a character and and who I has not been supported really. And I think vision with her with vision is is one of the first times that we see any of the Avengers, you know, showing considerable you know concern for her or at least checking in on her. I mean, <laughs> I saw somebody tweet like, "I'm really mad at all the Avengers who have not checked on Wanda at this point." Yes. <laughs> A little egregious. Um, so I don't know. I just, I, so far, I think for me, it was, it was a good emotional journey for the character, even if uh, plot wise, there might not have been a lot of forward momentum in the action. Yeah. I don't know if I put you on the spot. I'm, oh, go ahead, Alistair. Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, put somebody on the spot. Okay. <laughs> Angelica. Why are you putting me on the spot? Wait, what? <laughs> I just want to know what you. I, I would be curious what you thought of this this scene. Uh, uh, mm, <laughs> um, let me look at my notes. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying. I don't want to be a. Comp- you know, it's funny because like I'm actually on your side when it comes to uh, Agatha and the tear situation. Okay. I, I thought I thought she was being snarky, but it's like weird because, yeah, you know, Wanda can't see her, but it was 
But I was like, she's very obviously acting for the camera, not for Wanda, which feels weird because, you know, right. there's moments where then, you know, when they like, you know, af- uh, when Wanda has her intense emotional reaction at the plot of land and then all the energy comes out and all that sort of stuff. And then you see the soundstage sort of thing. I mean, I think there's some interesting ideas. I just always want more from this. Mm -hmm. It's like, it starts to get interesting and then it swerves to telling me more information that I feel like I don't need to know. Like you, I, I think a big problem I have sometimes with the show and and scenes such as this and this episode in particular is like over explanation. Like I wish these properties trusted the audience a little bit more to just Mm -hmm. ride the wave rather than having their hand held. And, and this is like a completely, this is, you know, maybe a, I I'm curious what people think of the score because rewatching the episode before our conversation, I was like, man, the score is really laid on thick in emotional moments. Like, like we don't need the 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 swell of the strings during every time that Wanda cries. Like we can feel that emotion enough from Elizabeth Olsen's performance. And sometimes I feel like aesthetically, it's too much hand holding. Hmm. All right, I could I I could see that. Did this like did the emotional beats of the scene at least like land for you or no? Not really. I mean, I think the emotional beats mostly landed. Again, I think it's okay. I'm I'm crediting the performers with that more than the writing. Okay. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, the, the things I wanted to point out in this scene that I really liked is, and like not to be like too much, but like, as like, I feel like anyone who, you know, I kept thinking of like the, the, like the traumas that I've gone through or like the times when I've like experienced loss and how mm-hmm. childlike you feel like immediately when that's going on because there's nothing you can do. It's very out of your control and you feel, I get like, I, I can remember, and I'm sorry if this is weird to bring up, but like when I, after I found my roommate dead, like literally I watched Buffy all night and just cried. Like that was all I could do. There was like, I couldn't function anything else. And like, I was like, I'm just going to watch Buffy. I watched the body twice in a row, which is clearly unhinged. Um, and I kept thinking of that with Wanda when she, when he, when vision comes through the wall and she's just like blankly watching a comedy, Mm -hmm. she's not really laughing. She's just kind of like watching it and she pats the bed like a kid almost and is like, come sit next to me on the bed. And it's not, you know, it's not sexual at all. Like she just wants comfort. Like maybe I feel like she would have held his hand at most, Mm. but she just needs someone there so that she feels less alone. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I got that feeling. And for me, that landed. And I, Angelica, I do think you're right that it's a credit to their acting because Elizabeth Olsen does so much with so little. Like she's not really, there's not a lot of dialogue for her, mm-hmm. but like the pain on her face is so there and the blankness and everything is there. The moment you see her sitting on that bed, you know, she's depressed. You you kind of can place when this was. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it felt very relatable to me. And I liked that we didn't get them you know, this didn't end with them kissing. I felt like it was kind of maybe one of their first, the impression I got was it was one of their first alone times together. So like they wouldn't be making out for a while yet. Like she's probably just thinking, oh, this like very nice robot who will sit with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, like I, I'll be in the camp though that says there should have been more kissing. I'm just going to put that, I'll put that out there right now. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> I was waiting for there to be a kissing scene between them. Um, but I just kept thinking of that and like, 
the way she delivers I am so tired, which like, you know, clearly that's a line that's been written into any depressed person scene, but uh, she's so good. And she says it's going to drown her and yeah. visions like it can't all be sorrow, can it? Mm. And it's almost there's there's a, a way this could be written where like she would get annoyed at him asking these questions. But because she's her, she's still understanding that he is, you know, not fully human. So he doesn't understand all these emotions. So he's like asking her questions about like, oh, is like, should I be upset that that man got, you know, pummeled by his porch she's building? And like, she doesn't mind because it's just, he's not scared or put off by her depression or mm-hmm. by her trauma, mm-hmm. which is like something I have learned a lot of people are. And, you know, <laughs> having someone who will sit next to you on a bed who can like, you're at your worst, most depressed. And this person will like sit next to you and kind of talk to you and doesn't, isn't bothered. That is so important. So for me, it was made their love story even more heartbreaking because I'm like, fuck, the one person that will sit with her. Uh, and he doesn't uh, have any expectation. He doesn't have any mm-hmm. expectation on her and like doesn't expect her to be over it, you know, or right, it doesn't. Do- I feel like he comes in, is just present. I mean, he's just a yeah. he's a sounding board for her. I think I, I said this on Twitter, but, you know, one of the things that I think the show has really done successfully is made me believe in a, a ship that I did not give two <laughs> hoots about in the movies yeah. at all. Um, and again, like Angelica said, I think this is definitely a huge testament to how good the actors are in this scene. And honestly, how little they have had to work with uh, leading up to this point, <laughs> um, yeah. but have managed to really do something special with it, I think, um, mm-hmm. or elevate it in a way that, you know, it may in, in the hands of, potential others it, w- it might have uh not resonated as much so yeah like that one line you know what is grief if not love persevering that could like have easily been a touch too much mm-hmm. but bedany like he just delivers it in a very on the level way in yeah. a tender way that i think makes it resonate mm-hmm. you so- know that's a really good point because when he delivered the line i was like oh and then i thought about it and i was like mm is that line kind of dumb? And then I was like, but it doesn't matter. Vision was so tender about it. It's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. And I feel like I, <laughs> there's definitely been people that have kind of said like, look, this is not an original sentiment. Um, <laughs> however, I do think in the case of this, for, to this specific character and her specific story arc, this is an important thing for her to hear. It's yes. something I think that gives her story context you know she's she's grieving so much because these are people that she loves so much and and soon sadly we are going to see vision added to this number um and you know it 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 does resonate with people i think whenever you end up hearing that something along those lines that that grief is really just love um love that continues i i i think it's it it can still resonate no matter when no matter when you hear it for the first time, I guess mm-hmm. is the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> Speaking to grief, like as a good Marvel nerd, I've, I've been rewatching a lot of the films mm-hmm. and I watched age of Ultron and obviously Pietro gave his life for a Hawkeye, not hot guy, hot Hawk. I don't know why it always comes out like that. My sister spent three movies thinking his name was hot guy and being mad because Thor was clearly hotter. <laughs> yeah, I, and I can definitely understand that. Um, <laughs> but like, and then he names his son some uh, I forget something Pietro and his last name, and we can clearly see throughout, especially the 
end game that he's there. He's comforting her. He's talking to her, you know, and like, where are you? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- where are you in all this? You're the other person that she had a huge connection with, you know, um, and you connected over her brother and everything like that. Where are you in this scenario? I, I will say I, I was thinking of that, like, Jeremy Renner sucks. I don't <laughs> I don't love him at all. Correct. <laughs> I'm not even a huge fan of his interpretation of Hawkeye, but I I do I do find myself thinking that Alistair. I'm like, Hawkeye should be there. Like he should he was the one that comforted her at the end. I felt like he at least understood, like she felt loss. You know, he lost his best friend, and for a moment he lost his whole family, but they did come back. But I, I keep thinking like Hawkeye should be one of the ones that's like getting some getting the band back together to be like, hey, we got to go help Wanda. This shit's happening. Um, I don't know that that would fit. I like just don't know how that would fit organically with like these huge famous people. But it does feel like, OK, but Hawkeye still knows her and he should be like whatever's whatever Avengers are available being like, hey, let's go help. Or even if he goes by himself, just to, like see if he can talk her down since he was her only like friend left in the Avengers. I don't know. I, yeah. Like, but again, I mean, it's like, uh, it's a thing when you're reading comics too, right? You're like, why aren't they just calling the fantastic four of the X-Men to help? And they don't always, cause you know, you can't have every story, have every single superhero in it. Yeah. But then you have like Jeremy Renner isn't like RDJ, you know, you can definitely probably afford. Oh, I'm I'm sure that. Are you kidding? I'm sure they could afford Robert Downey Jr. at this point with how much money they have. <laughs> but I do think it's like we got Wu and Darcy and Monica kind of as like the allies. I don't I don't know. I, I don't think we're gonna get like a big I think Wanda has to solve this problem, I think is what it's mm-hmm. gonna come down to. Um and you know, in the comics, they do make a decision one way. Sometimes they will have it be like, oh, at the very end, they're bringing in the X-Men and the Mendes. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it will be if the Avengers need the help, they'll call in, you know, a ton of heroes and they'll only be there for a second. But I just don't see that happening here. Also, I feel like it's justifiable that it doesn't happen here because A, you know, they, they're all coming off of, you know, right. battle with Thanos and loved ones suddenly being back and, you know, putting the world back together. But also you've got S.W.O.R.D., who, you know, as we know, the director is not calling any of them because he's got his own agenda here. He doesn't want them mm-hmm. there. So, like, True. who would contact them? So unless they happen to, like, notice, which arguably Doctor Strange would, since he keeps tabs on the whole Earth, apparently, only the second Loki was on Earth. But setting that aside, <laughs> like, I feel like there is enough wiggle room to justify that none of the other Avengers have figured out this is happening. Mm-hmm. And that's fair too, because you're right. It is only, they, they do say at the top of the series, right? In the the episode you, the last episode you chose, don't they say how many weeks? It's only been a few weeks. Two weeks. Well, yeah, because Monica came in two weeks after. Getting back, right? Getting back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, so you're right. That like, that adds a little bit more to it. So we step through another door and this is, we get the scene at S.W.O.R.D. where mm-hmm. Wanda's walking in and immediately I was like, wait, she's a lot more reserved than I thought she would be. Like, why does she just hexing those doors open and walking in herself? But she is just like, hey, I want to speak to Hayward. I want to, you know, claim my dead partner's body so I can bury him. And she's, I almost appreciate this in a way that I keep going back to Buffy in relation to this because I feel like 
Buffy did depressed superhero pretty well mm-hmm. um, with like nuance and all of that. And I, I was thinking like, okay, this makes sense. This is someone who's like pretty depressed and like, she's not going into like have a big battle, but she's just like, please let me bury my partner's body. Yeah. Like there's well, she, no, she's just come from Tony Stark's funeral too. Right. Like right. he's seen, this is what vision deserves. This is what a hero who has died in service of protecting the earth deserves. Right. Right. It's not that wild of a request, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> So we get her meeting with Hayward. We do find out that I think he, I, like, he totally wanted all of this to happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. He plants the idea. Yeah. He, she didn't even think of it, but he said, you have the power to bring him back because he wants that. Right. That's, yeah, that's like literally all he wants. He doesn't, he's not caring about Wanda at all. It's only Vision that he has his, like, sights set on. Um, because it's even weird that he's like his office doors, like he has like windows to whatever that th- like, sure, fine. Yeah. But she blasts the glass. But that's like kind of the only thing she does. Right. Mm-hmm. I know I was waiting for her. I was waiting for her to take the body and it didn't happen. And I went, mm-hmm. oh, he right? he totally <laughs> he totally manipulated the situation. I will say this was the second time I cried in the episode uh, mm-hmm. when she puts yeah. her hand over Vision's uh, disembodied yeah. head. <laughs> And then says, I can't feel you. Ugh, I was that I, like, ugh, it's such a good callback though. And I didn't realize one of the, one of the things that again, I think speaks to their, their, the, the mind stone that ties them together um, is uh, I, I want to say it was Saeed Jones on Twitter said that it, he, he was watching uh, age of Ultron and said that the first time that they put the mind stone in vision and Wanda says, I can hear him. He's dreaming. Um, and that's just the through line, like, you know, through the entire part of their relationship. You know, you go to Infinity War and and, and he tells her it's time, you know, to, to destroy the stone and she doesn't want to do it. And then he looks at her and says, you can't hurt me. I only feel you. <sighs> and Don't so, make me cry. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. But it's, it's inter- it is interesting, though, that I think the stone is a big part of what ties them and what links them on a deeper connection, right? That, that yeah. is linked to her powers, gives her the ability to perceive, I don't know, soul being some kind of, there's something more that's, you know, within him. Right. And then when he doesn't have it, it's, you know, it's not him anymore. So. Yeah. And it was such a good moment too. Right after that, she just walks out because you are, mm-hmm. you're, like I said, you're bracing for when she goes crazy and attacks them and steals his body. And she, doesn't yep which was a which at this point in the narrative was a really good twist yes that was an important fill in the blank for me Mm -hmm. like these two scenes were the the important fill in the blanks because i felt like it was important for us to know that and i i get it too right it's like so i've often had issues with uh wanda's writing in the comics Mm -hmm. along the same line as gene gray where Mm -hmm. they're very like the writing in the comics is often very, oh, this woman has too much power. She can't control it. And like, I don't love that. And I kind of liked the idea that she's in there full of like depression and grief and rage and has all this trauma, but she's just like, this sucks. I'm leaving. Like there's no, mm-hmm. like it makes it almost smaller, but more on, that makes it more realistic of that. If you can add realistic to a scene where a witch is finding her dead robot boyfriend's body. Um, but like, right where it's just like, oh God, this is terrible. Like she definitely had like a glimmer of hope and then it was lost and she just is like, fine, I'm leaving. Like there's no, she's defeated. She knows there's no, what's she going to do? If she can't feel him, she can't do anything. His body's in pieces. 
she's just kind of like, all right, bye. And I thought that was like very sad, but very like well done. I was glad. I was almost glad that we got there because also it would have made sense if she was like, fuck you guys. I'm taking his body and still took it. Mm-hmm. But I kind of liked this better. In a sensible sedan, too. It was so weird to see her, especially like an Avenger. They're always like, oh, I'm going to pull up with my Lamborghini. But she's like, oh, yes. no, I'm just getting to my yeah. sensible or like sedan. Jet. Yeah, <laughs> or Jet or Quinjet. So. Yeah. But then we get very... to see her driving her sensible sedan through the town, and we see her cast, which was a nice touch. But we didn't see Dottie. Didn't see I didn't Dottie. Notice, I noticed that, too. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no Emma Caulfield. What does that mean? What does it mean? <laughs> It has, but is it like Jimmy Woo and it just doesn't mean anything? I don't know, you guys. I, I don't know either because I feel like people, including Emma Caulfield in her tweets, are alluding that there's like a bigger thing going on. But I'm like, I just saw you just potting plants or what gardening for like yeah. two seconds and that was it. So <laughs> what else is going on? <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, I I mean, I think a lot of the theories I was kind of mean on Alistair's uh, episode on this is I feel like everyone wants to be the smartest person in the room and they speak with like, it has to be this when it comes to fan. (laughs) No one knows what it has to be, right? Like, (laughs) oh, I'm with you on that for sure. You know, you are. I'm sure you've seen me talking about. Oh yeah, <laughs> the fan theories. I'm like, can we please with the Mephisto? I'm so done with the Mephisto. Like, Everything is Mephisto. Right? Like everyone just like relax. I don't at this point. I don't even know if we'll get any of that. Like I feel like we'll just have like a Agatha Wanda Vision versus Vision confrontation. But whatever. So I I feel like because Dottie wasn't Emma Caulfield's face was not on that board. Mm-hmm. Not in this town when she was walking around. I'm like, I keep, I'm like, well, maybe she could be someone that was like sent to help. I, like the, my, the theory I keep leaning into is that she's Clea, who is like a sometimes Doctor Strange girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, who's yeah. like also a powerful witch. Like um, maybe we'll get a post credit right. tease into oh, Doctor. I mean, my thinking is there's definitely going to be some kind of tie in to Doctor Strange too, probably. And we know how Marvel likes their post credit sequences and not the, not the mid credits, the post credits at the very end. <laughs> um, and if we're going to have to sit through another 30 minutes of credits, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I have a feeling where we might get something at the very end of the finale. Um, Cause I mean, right. It's not, that's not that wild to think because she's been just so noticeably absent from these things. And, like, we even got Deborah Jo Rupp coming back for a non-speaking scene to just be sitting at a table drinking coffee right. in Westview. So, like, there's no way they couldn't have gotten Emma Caulfield for that scene, right? I think oh, it's a right. good theory. <laughs> yeah. That would, and it, I, I feel like, I, and I've always felt like it, uh, like it would be a waste of an actress like Emma Caulfield not to use her to her full potential. And I feel like she would yeah. definitely be an asset in any kind of story like this. But okay, so the deed. I want to talk about the deed that she finds. I felt like that was a setup. Did anyone else? I kept being like, oh, this is Hayward. Oh, this is Agatha. And then I was like, well, well maybe not. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. What did uh, Carly, what did you think? So this was the third time I cried. Um, <laughs> I, uh, well, it's funny because I, I was kind of more wrapped up in the, in the, watching her drive through Westman and then being like, and seeing all the actors, you know, quote unquote actors, her cast trying to recognize all her neighbors and stuff. And then 
I guess it, people have been taking screenshots of the deed and I, and I guess you can see on there, it says something where it's like property of Wanda Maximoff and the vision. So yeah. this is definitely something that he went and did. Um, I guess, I guess I, uh, you could, you can infer that it was sometime in infinity war because there's that whole scene where he's like, come with me, you know, we'll go somewhere. Although <laughs> I did see uh, someone tweeting something that made me laugh where of course he would pick a town called Westview because it has both a W and a V in it. Um, <laughs> uh, well, what, when they were driving through that the town and it looks all shitty, and as someone who lives in New Jersey, I was like, "Well, this is a more accurate New Jersey." Kirsten, right. <laughs> um, what you did you think it was just was it is what it is? Yeah, I mean, I when when she looks on the seat and sees something there, I was like, "Oh, somebody's trying to give her information what they're doing with vision." But no, mm-hmm. it was already there. And I think the fact that she knows exactly where she's going and she drives right there, and we don't see her using any navigation system, she knew about this. She knew that it existed. They were planning this life together, and this is the last thing that she has that's theirs, and it's <laughs> unfinished, and it will never be finished. Ugh. And that's <sighs> that's when she <laughs> my heart. Um, I will say, Angelica, we're probably going to agree on this, that it lost me like a pinch here when she just explodes with power. I was like, what are we, I don't understand. I felt like the vision thing just didn't make sense. Um, And I don't feel like, and I, I, I do think there's a bigger explanation here, but I felt like, why are we getting a flashback to fill in the blank if we're not filling in the blank because like Mm. how the fuck did vision just appear when like uh, she didn't she didn't even seem to know what was going on right that's where like i I get a little bit like "Eh, yeah we need a better explanation i I guess the the one part that made sense to me was that when she's when the power initially explodes out of her it's red but then when she is creating vision you see it's the yellow mindstone power i'm assuming it comes out of her in a different color to partly create him so i i wonder if she somehow i don't and again i think one of the things that i i struggle with um with the show a little bit is that wanda continually is like i don't know how this is happening i don't know and i'm like how do you not how do you not know exactly what you're doing to make certain things happen um but it did seem like whatever part of her is that the mind stone augmented is what created vision. Um, Cause the, the power that comes out of her is, is different than her uh, as, as Pietro called it, her, her red wiggly woos. It's, it's a yellow wiggly woo. <laughs> so <laughs> somehow it's different. I don't know. There's, but again, it's there. I think sometimes Marvel's asking you to go a little bit on uh, down the rabbit hole and, and trying to figure all this stuff out. But that's how I read it. So, so this made sense to me because it's she's been creating everything else within this town. So it made sense to me that she could create a suit, a suit of armor similar, if not exactly, the copy of what Vision would have been in. You know, uh, and if if you notice at the end of the scene. Uh, in the TV right behind her, the last thing you see is her forming the stone. And I do suspect that uh, she actually formed a new mind stone. Hmm. All right. All right. I mean, I can, I can buy that. Angelica, what'd you think of this? (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of um, 
on your kind of leaning towards your end of the spectrum with, you know, with both the confusion and also like, okay, you guys want to fill in the blanks, fill in them damn blanks or like, (laughs) shut the hell up. Like, what you know, like, I don't need info dumps that aren't going to give me the information that I need. But you know, but on the other hand, like sometimes I, you know, I feel this obsession though with like, I need the answers. It's like the worst way to engage with a piece of art. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a system that I think Marvel created for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they very much have trained viewers to think that plot matters above all else. And, you know, Easter eggs matter above all else and things like that. So, like, even if I was, like, sort of unsatisfied with this scene and who knows what they're going to do, obviously, in the next episode that may cast this specific scene in a different color for us, Um, you know. So, you know, did it work for me? No, not really. Am I that upset about it? Not entirely, you know, but maybe this apathetic nature is because of the crushing existential despair we're all dealing with currently. (laughs) Also fair. <laughs> also fair. Yeah. yeah. I, I did like that Agatha is then immediately clapping mm-hmm. from like the live studio audience wing of the set. And I also like that they, I don't like, that's a thing that doesn't make sense, but I love, right? Because like clearly there, that wouldn't have been there when Wanda was in the hat. Like, but whatever, it's fine. We're having fun. They're witches. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alistair? Oh, with Agatha clapping and everything. I, I, I love I, I love that we see the studio shot. We finally see the studio shot. And then um, she claps for uh, the Scarlet Witch, what she's about to reveal. And she disappears. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going to go on? And then we hear the kids screaming, finally. And she runs out there. And I, I, whenever she ran out there into the neighborhood, I kept on thinking, where's Monica? Where's Monica? Yes. Uh, yeah, so that does lead us to she runs out, and I know that Twitter has been like dunking on this scene, saying it's like it looks like a Disney Disney Channel original movie, but I don't know. I liked it. I liked the way Agatha looks at her full full witch yes. Loved drag. It. Loved it. Uh, I hated her makeup here because it's so much contouring. I'm like, just let me look at Catherine Hahn's face. <laughs> I didn't love the eyebrows. Not Catherine Hahn's face. Yeah, the eyebrows were a little bit. Yeah. They they were a little bit yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. too much. I did want to see the full witch outfit though, so I'm glad because with the Agatha all along bit, we only saw the skirt and then and then you know the the camera panning upward, we got her in the 50s clothes. So I was like, all right, let's see the full I want the full witch outfit. Come on. Yeah, yeah same. And, and then we had the leashed kids, and then I found <laughs> out that my husband was leashed when he was young. So uh, <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he's like yes yeah, totally normal <laughs> okay well i don't know if there was a, around the throat is a normal right <laughs> oh yeah is that now where you put the leash <laughs> I don't um and but i so i liked seeing Ag- i liked her her outfit yeah i didn't love the the eyebrows but i liked her outfit i will say so then we get like agatha realizes fully who wanda is she is the scarlet witch <laughs> which like I feel very sure, fine, whatever about that. Like, it felt like a lot of work to get to, like, put, mm-hmm. like everyone, even non-comic book fans know that she's called Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. 
I felt very well. That's kind of dumb, but also sure, fine, whatever. Um, is how it, did you all feel? Is it because she used chaos magic specifically that that Agatha figured it out? I, that's how it read to me. I don't know. She was like, because you created Vision, you created the children, you've manifested this whole world. You're using chaos magic, Wanda. So that means you're the Scarlet Witch. Like that. I don't know. That's kind of how it came off to me. Or is it just really that she's just been doing all of these things, the probability hexes and the whatever else uh, that she's, that she's come to that conclusion. I I don't, I think it was just like everything altogether. Yeah. That's kind of what I feel really Yeah. And like, and I guess the fact that I would think the mind stone would have been the biggest, that like scene where it's like, she sees the witch and cause Agatha saw all that's why I would assume that would probably be the biggest indication. That's why she's like, I have a theory, but I need to know more. Mm-hmm. And then seeing that Wanda, you know, did what she did with the whole town which Agatha even says in the beginning, like miles from here, you're you're still controlling what's going on. It's magic on autopilot. Like, how can you do that? Because um, Agatha, we see, is a very powerful witch, and she knows her witch stuff. But even Agatha is like, I can't do that. How can you do that? I, I really, I, I genuinely understand Agatha's anger. You know, as as an author um, with a lot <laughs> of books, when you read a debut and you're like, Are you kidding me? This is how, how is this better than I am? And you get really mad when you start pulling it apart to try and figure out how they did it. But then it turns out that they like had a dream one night and woke up the next morning and just started writing. And you're like, no, I want to destroy you now. (laughs) (laughs) That I, I will have you all know that that version of Tirsten is one of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) That version only exists in text messages. That one doesn't (laughs) <laughs> um but oh alistair go ahead well I, I, i'm sorry i i think it's funny the last two episodes of wandavision where the, the the end of the episode they reveal something that everybody in the audience knows but then everybody in the audience is like oh my gosh what is going on here <laughs> oh it, it was agatha oh my gosh and then oh it's she's the scarlet witch oh my gosh like everybody already knows this but we're all acting like it's like some sort of big news I mean, that is true, but at least with the Agatha reveal, it was, like, so fun. I, like, I don't know. It was. It was pretty fun. <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know. What Did anyone else have anything to say about this, like, end? Oh, I wait, just, wait. I just disagree so, so, so strongly with Agatha's criticism of using that phenomenal power to make breakfast for dinner. I don't think there's any higher <laughs> power. It's <laughs> <laughs> a truly noble. Truly noble. So we end on her saying she's a Scarlet Witch, but then we get a cut scene of Hayward's, you know, in the prior episode, we only got a like quick scene of Hayward saying they were going to launch soon. And mm-hmm. we see what he's ready to launch. And it's the all white vision clone that they use. They rebuilt using the magic Wanda had put on the drone. It's the, it's the Nightwalker vision. Right. Well, so in the comics, that vision is, he is like the unfeeling, Mm -hmm. that vision is the vision for a very long time. Like when I started reading comics in the early 90s, um, that was a vision I knew where he was all white. And I just thought it was like, oh, a different costume and that he was always like an unfeeling robot. But that's like the version of him that is unfeeling and that we had for a long time in the comics. I couldn't tell you when or why the transition happens to him being regular vision again. But I remember it being a while. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyone think of anything for that? I mean, I, I, Oh, I wait. So I realized I just said, does anyone? And then I started talking. Um, the one thing I will say is my best friend texted me this morning to say, my best friend, Kevin was like, 
what if Paul Bettany's clowning on all of us because mm-hmm. he said he had a lot of chemistry with this actor and he never got to work with him. And like, what if it's just vision, our Westview vision and our white vision oh, that have totally a scene Oh, it totally is. Yeah. He <laughs> talking about himself. <laughs> right? Oh, so much. <laughs> which i hate but i love um but yeah so what did all of you think of this like cut oh well i you know me i i am not a huge fan of theories and kind of just usually try to see what happens um but i do have a, a really good friend of mine jen we always dm after the episode and she was like what if this is how Wanda gets vision back. She'll take her Westview vision and somehow merge him with all white vision. And mm-hmm. at, by the end, and that's how we'll get uh vision back. Cause she'll, she'll put whatever her, her, you know, her vision soul or whatever it is in, in the all white vision. Cause I think the thing that's interesting again, is that they made all white vision using R- Wanda's red magic, but she used, part of the yellow mindstone magic to create her version. So it's interesting that there's, uh, and the stone obviously is what makes vision like the vision, you know, that we, Mm -hmm. that we know from the MCU. So without that, he's definitely just a, like Ian said, he's just a straight robot that doesn't feel anything. Um, So I don't know. I'll be curious to see how, like, I, I, I I don't know necessarily know if it's going to be a, uh, vision versus vision so much as it maybe Wanda will realize, Hey, this is, we've got the body here. We've got the, the essence here. Let's do a little witchy woo and make my boyfriend, <laughs> make my boyfriend alive again. <laughs> I hope she phrases it exactly that way. Right? <laughs> She's like, I'm going to do some witchy woo. <laughs> I, I mean, I just want, I want Wanda to get like some form of a happy ending. And I've really been thinking, yeah. She's not going to get vision. I, know. I almost don't want to. I don't want to hope for it, honestly, because I, Marvel's let me down so many times. <laughs> but I mean, that would like make sense. I mean, mm-hmm. right with the plot we've gotten, sure. Why can't she do that? I mean, right. Mm-hmm. I would be totally fine if it's like we get this moment where like that vision is destroyed or like dying, and then she's like, "Wait a minute, I can just do a transfer," and poof, then she's good to go. I would love that. Yeah, I guess we're at the end now. Uh, favorite scene, Angelica? Favorite scene, probably, you know, the the very quiet scene between Vision and Wanda, you know, at the Avengers compound. Um, you know, I, watching <laughs> Malcolm in the middle, um, I thought it was a very sweet and tender scene which feels very different than what we get from the mcu a lot of times mm-hmm. uh alistair so i'm gonna say uh the intro the when we, when we start to get introduced to agatha back then um i thought that was a gorgeous scene i think it was gorgeously filmed i, I love the special effects yeah uh carly yeah, definitely. Seconding Angelica, the it's the WandaVision quiet moment for me, for sure. Uh, Kirsten? Yeah, I mean, I think we've established how much I love Catherine Hahn. It, maybe I didn't make it clear. I mean, that, that quiet scene between Vision and Wanda was the point of the whole episode, right? So yeah, that one. Um, and same for me. Yeah, that I thought that scene was like a showcase of both their acting Mm -hmm. um favorite outfit carly 
Oh, uh, vision in that sweater, um, Mm -hmm. in that scene. I Mm -hmm. look, I know Paul Bettany is a very lanky fella. I know there's probably a padding situation happening here. However, when he walked into the room and sat down and I saw the way his shoulders looked in the sweater, I had, I had a reaction that made me very aware of how long I've been in quarantine. (laughs) Even as someone, even as someone who is married to a very handsome person. I was about to call you out and be like, you are married. (laughs) (laughs) But I understand. (laughs) Uh, Favorite scene, Alistair. Favorite scene? Favorite outfit. Oh, favorite outfit. Oh, favorite outfit, yeah. So I, I would go for Agatha. Uh, I loved her costume, but I want to say that uh, Wanda looked amazing walking into Sword, and mm. her hair was great. I, I feel like everything was on point for her in that uh, entire like sequence. So I'm going to go with uh, Wanda. All right, fair. Uh, Angelica. Hmm. God, this is you know I want to say you know Agatha's full witch look but damn i was i you know that those eyebrows i'm with everybody <laughs> with how those just did not work so i don't know chop her head <laughs> off and 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 then it's uh then it's agatha yeah <laughs> kirsten <laughs> um i mean i don't feel like it was a standout episode for outfits um yeah, yeah. and and yeah i i I got to agree that the Disney Channel original movie vibes from Agatha's full witch reveal at the end were a little much for me. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with Alistair. That, the outfit and the hair um, as Wanda's walking into sword were both really good. They were. All right. Uh, I think my mine is a tie between Agatha's full witch look and vision in that switch. I mean, you are right, Carly. There probably was like a padding thing because he is like underneath of it. You can even see underneath of it. He's still got the vision stuff on so, like, I'm sure there was a padding issue, but those shoulders, oof, they look mm-hmm. good. Yeah, they beef him up. They definitely give him some yeah. extra muscle as as vision, for <laughs> sure, that he is not in possession of in the in real life. <laughs> and now we're going to grade the episode. Kirsten, what grade do you give it? Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm an easy grader of WandaVision because I, I just want to enjoy it, and I do. Um, I do agree <laughs> that structurally probably wasn't the best episode um, and that it maybe didn't do as much with the material as it could, but that one scene was so standout for me and I just, eh, I just enjoy this show. So I'm going to give it an A. Fair, fair. Uh, Carly. Um, I probably will also say an A, probably a little bit of an A minus just for, for little things, but also a little bit of a spite rating. Cause I'm like, this is what we could have had. Are you telling me <laughs> this is what we could have had with one envision the whole time? I, I, that scene honestly does a lot of heavy lifting for me um, in terms of recontextualizing their relationship and giving it more significance. So I'm like, okay, I'll be more generous this time, but I'm still watching you MCU. I'm not. <laughs> uh, Angelica. Hmm. What grade should I give this? You know, it's like, should I grade it compared to, I don't know, my standards in general or should I just grade it against what it's trying to do? I'll get I'll I'll be very very nice right now. I'm in a good mood, you know. I'm about to smoke some weed. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> um, so I'll be gentler than I usually am, and I'll give it a B minus. In my right. heart of hearts, I want to give it a C because I'm an asshole, but <laughs> I'll give it a B minus. Okay, fair. 
Uh, Alistair? So I'm going to give it an A-. minus. I really love the episode, but just like every single other WandaVision episode, I feel like we just didn't have enough. Hmm. And I actually I give it just a flat B. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening to us talk about WandaVision. And uh, if you like the podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else podcasts are found. You can find us on social at SlayerFestX98. You can support us on Patreon, which helps keep the podcast going. Um, and you get access to mini episodes. If you want to follow me on social, I'm at Ian Carlos. Kirsten, where can everyone find you? Uh, KirstenWhite.com or on Twitter at, at KirstenWhite or in you know, the bookshelves of your local bookstore, assuming you can actually go. Uh, Carly, where can everyone find you? Um, you can find me at my name on Twitter, Carly Lane. Uh, I have a newsletter uh, bi-weekly where I talk about kissing books, if that's your jam. if <laughs> uh, It's aptly titled Kissing Books. Uh, that's pretty much it for right now. I have I have some other job news, potentially, but I can't talk about it yet. So Ooh, Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Angelica, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me writing uh, at Vulture. That's where I work. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter, just my name, at Angelica Bastian. And Alistair? Uh, you can find me at, at Alistair J. Patton on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And Alistair reviews it on YouTube. All right, cool. And we'll see you all next week for the finale. Bye.